This real advertisement is from our founding sponsor, The Early Reset. The Nashville-based Piano Electric Rock Art Band released their first EP in late October titled Full Potential. With epic vocals, harmony, and electric integration, they create a transcendent and original sound. You can find the Full Potential EP on noisetrade.com slash thearlyreset, then click on the icon for the Full Potential EP. They're playing an acoustic set March 5th at the Tennessee Beer Works, and just announced today they are playing a secret show at South by Southwest on March 17th. Stay tuned for the venue and time for that show at facebook.com slash the early reset. It's time so on, 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 on to you. You're listening to The Noise Cancelling Pod, the podcast about streamlining life, encouraging discourse, and maximizing your mind. Hosted by Frank Boyce and Axel Clark. All right, and welcome to the show, everybody. This is episode seven. I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. And we are so happy that you came back or are here for the first time. We'd like to really thank some of our overseas listeners. We're very happy to see some new listeners from Ireland pop up. Uh, and Canada, and actually last week someone from Colombia checked us out. So we really thank you for listening in. Uh, stay tuned for more shout-outs in future episodes if you are overseas, because we'll we'll try to keep including you guys in the episode. Hey, Ken. So before we... Oh, what's oh, that? Hey, Ken. That's, uh, I think that's a shout-out to you in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Ken just moved there and just, like... Three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's was great. that the guy you were telling me about the, the the translation school story? Yeah, exactly. Ken, what's up, man? Nice to have you. So before we started recording, Axel and I were, were going back and forth, and we were, we were already getting a little heated about this topic. So the topic for this week is uh, is fitness and nutrition. So, Axel, what, what were your thoughts just on our, our initial argument? What's your prediction for this podcast? So here's the deal. I... I probably, I probably have extreme views, and I will acknowledge I haven't thought about the psychological piece of this, like how you go from, because how you how you go from, like beginning to maybe where I'm at right now. So, like my argument is missing psychology, which is not probably <laughs> probably means it's weak. <laughs> You're like a nu- nutritional sociopath, <laughs> right? I mean, like that's, that's the clinical title. I have extreme, I have extreme views, and I'm and I haven't thought about how people can get to get to those views. So we've been going back and forth for about 45 minutes, and we just decided we finally just needed to turn it on and get rolling because we have have so much to cover on on such a fun topic for both of us. Uh, a couple other notes. Um, Shout out to Amir Hakmadi. We talked about him last week being a prisoner in Ireland, Ireland, <laughs> Iran, <laughs> a prisoner in Iran, and he is free this week. So, so congratulations and and enjoy being being back in the United States. Yeah, that was exciting um, to see, and I mean that's cool that we had Mary Mon to talk about that, and then uh, just a few days later he was released. So that was awesome. So I that, guess next year he'll be there at the State of the Union. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's awesome. 
So the first topic we're going to talk about tonight is just our our fitness background and our fitness philosophy. And and as always, I'm I'm going to answer the question why Axel and I. And you know I th- I think we're both somewhat uniquely qualified to talk about fitness and nutrition just because we've we've kind of been been students of both for for not that long but probably eight or nine years for for either of us. Um, I actually published a book called Office Fit. Um, back a few years ago, which, which detailed my philosophy. So you guys can check that out on the Amazon Kindle store. If you like, it's, it's not a, a in-depth look, but it's a, it's a good manual for, for your life and for really starting off your, your fitness regime. Um, my overall fitness background. So I, I grew up playing basketball. Um, it was very sports oriented. You know, I did, I did some training, I did some lifting, but those types of things weren't, weren't really passionate. Like the only thing I ever really trained was my calf muscles for, for jumping. Like I had a pretty decent vertical, um, in high school, 34 inches, if you guys are wondering. So nothing huge to brag about, but that's the official figure. Um, and then in college we did a lot more weight training. So, you know, I had a good background in Olympic lifting and, and proper technique, but it wasn't ever anything that I invested a lot of time and energy or research into. Um, and it wasn't until I deployed to Iraq in, in 2010, 2011, that I, I finally, I started doing CrossFit with a, a buddy of mine named Baron. Um, and he really got me into CrossFit, not, not super buying into every aspect of it, but just really enjoying the, the gains that I got fitness wise from, from lifting and doing a lot more Olympic lifts. So since then, um, I've been, I've been lifting, some, I mean, I've at least been enjoying and investing a lot of time and energy and, and thought into how I prepare for the gym and how I lift at the gym. So, you know, I really, I really come around quite a bit on, on the, the fitness training in terms of Olympic lifting. And, and also I, I became a personal trainer. I mentioned in a previous episode, uh, back when I was in, in Boston. And, and that really shaped me in terms of the necessity to plan out every workout specifically. So not just going to the gym thinking like, oh, it's arms and back day, but, you know, having every exercise written out, every rest period planned out and really being, being just mindful of your time at the gym and, and doing everything with intention. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll skip a few of my, my overall philosophies for after Axel gets off rolling, but, but that's just my, my general background. Um, <laughs> my, professional slash non-professional qualifications and uh why don't you why don't you take it away axel i'm excited to hear about this from you all right so from my background growing up i played sports that's the main way i got my exercise so i played football basketball and track and there was a weight training class at my school which i never took and uh so i didn't really weight train at all in high school and I in track I my primary event was shot put and discus but our coach was pretty cross country and long distance <coughs> oriented so we were basically doing almost like we had a little bit of lifting in there but it was basically like a modified middle distance workout so he actually taught me a lot about intervals and a lot of a lot about running form and things like that which probably are were have car- like have carried with me uh through my life and I've and set a good foundation from an interval perspective. So I'm appreciative of that. Uh, okay, so then I got to college, and in college, I continued doing that. So I did intervals and played basketball, still never lifted. 
And a side note, I had a terrible diet. I used to eat at the, like the, basically like the lunch buffet. And I would sit down with a glass of chocolate milk and a glass of Mountain Dew with every meal. And I basically would eat until I was too tired to eat. It was terrible. And so then <laughs> I was doing all these intervals and all this running to try to stay in shape. And so I, like my cardiovascular health was excellent. I always got uh, good times on the run because I was in the Air Force. So we had to do push-ups, sit-ups in the run. And I ultimately left college with the title of the most in shape, out of shape looking guy in the ROTC attachment. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's an impressive title. You, right. you honestly have to work at that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's basically my like my overall background. And then when I got out of college, I decided I need to clean up my diet. And luckily, one of the guys that I was working with also got me into lifting. And so really I didn't I didn't know anything or had had very little knowledge on diet or lifting uh until I got out of college. So that's basically my background. Let's talk philosophy. Okay. So simply put, like my philosophy on on exercise, I usually think about it in terms of three things. So the first thing is strength training and strength training makes up the bulk of my, of how I work out. Uh, the next is interval training and that's for cardiovascular and then finally mobility, which is increasingly important to me and something that I probably overlooked uh, earlier in life and something that I've um, started to focus on more in the last few years. But uh, starting off with tra- strength training, the basic principles that I, that I think about or that I use are first I work my big muscles with compound movements first. So I don't think it's helpful to go to the gym and just do uh, bicep curls and tricep kickbacks. Like I'm trying to do big exercises. uh, And the way I think about that, I divide it into different categories. And so the categories I divide them into are horizontal push, which is basically like a bench press, horizontal pull, which is a bent over row, vertical push which is a shoulder press uh, vertical pull which is just a pull up and then quad dominant legs which is a squat or some sort of squat variation and then hamstring glutes which is basically a deadlift or deadlift variation so what i try to do is to for every single exercise i pick a push a pull and a leg for each workout and basically that's like the base that's the fundamental um concept for each of my workouts and then some, a couple of additional things. So I try to superset, I try to superset like the push and the pull, so I can reduce my rest periods. Uh, like my the rest period overall is decreased, but you kind of since you're doing a push versus a pull, like when you're doing the other exercise, those mm-hmm. muscles are getting some rest, so you can kind of compress your workouts with that strategy. From a set rep perspective, I think those are less important, and it more depends on your goals. Uh, like I think it's way more important. The other things I talked about are way more important than like arguing about whether it should be eight sets of three, three sets of eight, two sets of twelve. Like that just depends on what your goals are. And then uh, I do have one additional comment on body weight training. Like I definitely think it can work. I mean, if you look at gymnasts, they do primarily body weight training and they're they're ripped. But uh, I think it's very difficult to work in higher max efforts, like in that in those higher ranges particularly for quad and hips using your only body weight. So that's why I think it's important that you do use uh, weights in your fitness regimen. 
okay, so that's strength training. The they, basically the core or the foundation of of my fitness. Uh, the next piece is interval train, and so interval train. My goal is to do use ultimate frisbee, skiing, and mountain biking whenever I can because those exercises almost simulate interval train. And so if I'm doing a lot of those, those are funner for me. But if I if I'm not able to do that, then I focus on doing like sprinting the straightaways, jogging the corners, or doing 20 minutes of sprint or 10 seconds of walk, and then alternating that. And it only takes about eight rotations, so you can be done in four minutes. But it's uh, that keep, that keeps your cardiovascular VO2 max uh, in a good spot. And then lastly, mobility. And so there's kind of a lot of, a lot of discussion about what's the difference between mobility and flexibility. And so, at least the way I think about it, that, mobility is not just pure how lo- how long your muscle can stretch, but it's the quality of your tissue and also the quality of your joint and your joint capsules. <clears throat> so, uh, it's more about being able to move. And so, like the things that that just pure stretching doesn't do, like that, or the things you can do in addition to pure stretching are uh, like foam rollers or lacrosse balls, or there's a there's a I guess I guess a band called a voodoo band that you can wrap around your muscle and then move the muscle and it'll kind of like um, adhesions in your uh, myofascial myofascia, basically like how your muscles can slide within the casing, like the voodoo voodoo floss and um, foam rolls and things like that can kind of di- like loosen up your muscles so that they can move more easily. And can you break down just a little bit more? what you're actually doing with the lacrosse ball and the foam roller. Cause I, I'm sure there's some people out there that haven't, haven't had a lot of experience with that sort of mobility training. Yeah. So the best book out there is this book called ready to run. I actually just sent it to Frank uh, a week ago and it talks about different techniques you can use. So like with, with a, with a foam roller, what you want to do, and those are, this is basically for like your big muscles. So an example is your quad. So what you want to do is he calls it a pressure wave. Oh, by the way, ready to run is written by Kelly Starrett. And uh, he's got free videos on YouTube and a lot of great information on mobility. But uh, pressure wave, you just start at one and you slowly uh, just move through the muscle. He calls it like shoveling snow. So you're not just like quickly going back and forth. You want to slowly push. Uh, basically, like you're pushing old fluid out of your muscles and also just um, loosening up the tissue that, that has been adhered to different different pieces so that's one that's one technique another technique is uh like with a a lacrosse ball you can sit sit on it and kind of get on the knot and then they call it tack and floss so then at that point you you sit on it kind of tack the the adhesion and then start moving your leg through the range of motion it's almost like a like a variation of active release technique where you um you shorten the muscle pinch the knot or whatever and then lengthen the muscle and then you kind of can remove some of the adhesions in that way and then finally you can do a technique where you you like get the ball on the on the knot and then you you flex and then relax and then you sit on it let it and kind of let it go for a while and then when you you can again flex again and relax and then oftentimes you can kind of get in there a little bit deeper on the second or third time around so those are just some of the techniques you can use with a lacrosse ball or a a foam roller i mean really it's just trying to get to the same outcome as if you were getting a a deep tissue massage with with some form of stretching at the same time right yeah that's right yeah 
Uh, I have been reading that book. It's it's very very good and informative. Um, you gave me a lot to unpack in, hey, in a pretty oh, short time. So oh, I have one last. My one last note I have is I think yoga fits into my mobility category, and so I definitely think that yo- yoga as a piece of of your fitness or anything like yoga, I think uh, is definitely an important is an, could be an important element of your fitness regimen. Yeah, that's the only thing that Axel just said that I completely agree with. <laughs> <laughs> that was my throw in. That's why I had to get it in. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. I appreciate that. Um, what I will say about what Axel just said is it's very scientific. Um, it has proven um, with Axel and many other people to work very well. Um, I, I do appreciate that it's it's well-rounded. I think it's it's sound in terms of your overall health. Uh, and lifetime health, I think, is is a big thing, especially as you know, I've I'm over 30, 30 years now, so I need to start worrying more about longer term fitness and not just not just short term gains. Um, my philosophy is is much uh, simpli- more simplified than Axel's. Um, it really just involves a balanced cardiac cardio plan, lots of core training, um, weight training that's based mainly on your goals. And then focus on flexibility. And the one thing that Axel didn't mention is balance. Because balance is actually something that gets overlooked even more than flexibility or mobility. Um, and it's something that's easily lost throughout life. <clears throat> and the, the reason why balance is so important is because when you're doing any sort of yoga or Olympic lifts, you're going to be engaging all of those muscles as well. So if you can, if you can do, you know, five, 10 minutes of just balance exercises that has huge gains across your entire um, workout plan. Uh, hey, what I mean I, by, oh, oh, I, I, I have one ask on that. So okay. balance as a piece of yoga, I can agree with, but please that like, please do not stand on a BOSU. What are those things called? A BOSU ball? BOSU ball. Don't, yeah. don't, please don't be doing like body weight squats on a BOSU ball or like doing arm curls on the half, whatever that like, I don't even know what that yeah, thing called. I, I can agree with that. On the little yeah, blue yeah, yeah. half Bosu ball, like that is not helpful. That is not balanced. That's please don't do that. Yeah, I agree. You, you know, focus on yoga. Yoga poses that force you to balance. Um, one one actual partner exercise that I really like is one person stands on one leg and closes their eyes, and their partner pushes them in different directions. So you have to react to it. It's dynamic. It's balance. It's some strength. Um, it really does activate a lot of different parts of your body. So if you work out with a partner, try that one out. People will think you're insane, but it does actually work really well. I've been doing that since college. Hey, I have another question. When you say core training, like what, what are examples of core training? So, I mean, I'm talking about pure beach body core training, Russian twist. Um, I don't ever really do just regular sit-ups. Um, I do some variations of crunches. Uh, I think I think planks are probably the money zone no matter where you're at because, I mean, you can plank for 10 seconds at a time or you can plank for five minutes. If you can throw in some dynamic movements with, with your planks, that's that's the best-case scenario. Throw in some side planks. Um, that's that's really the best that you can do. For for me, for my goals, I, I try to use lower reps on, on core training and higher weight um, just to – to build more muscle mass. So when I say, you know, weight training and, and core training that are based on your goals, 
I, I have a philosophy where I don't want to waste a lot of effort. I, I don't want to do an exercise that's not going to give me the gain that I want. So, you know, whether it's losing belly fat, Axel is shaking his head. He's visibly shaking his head. <laughs> so I'm, oh let me, fin- can okay. I finish? Can yeah. I finish? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I say if you find a specific fitness goal and you find a balanced plan that's going to give you core training and cardio, uh, and some flexibility and balance. I don't have an issue with the bicep curls if you want to have bigger biceps. I don't have an issue focusing on your forearms or, you know, if, if you're wanting long lean muscles to do, uh, Pilates three days so, a week. Like it, I do have an issue with you focus on your biceps or your forearms if you haven't done those, the categories that I mentioned to begin with. Like if you haven't, if you haven't done your pull-ups, don't be sit there doing your bicep curls if you're trying to see gains. I mean, unless you're already in excellent shape and you're specifically bodybuilding to improve a, a specific individual muscle, like a person, if they really want to see gains, should not be doing bicep curls. They should be doing pull-ups. Especially if you, like everything you talked about in terms of, I want like I want to focus on my goals and I want to minimize the amount of time in the gym, like that is exactly like what I have, like how, what I do, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And the, and the other thing, so like, I know you talked about core training. If you are doing pull-ups and you're doing deadlifts and you're doing uh bent over rows, like that is core training, but you're also doing something else while you're doing it. So to me, like that's what, that's why I do. Like, I think people overdo, like, I don't think planks are worthless, but like all these sit-ups that people are doing, they, <laughs> That you would spend your time much like you you would be much more effective in the gym if you eliminated sit ups and you just worked on like the things I talked about deadlifts, bent over rows, pull ups or pull downs if you can't do that yet. Those things, those things, they they build your core strength. They people the mistake people make is they want to. I'm on a tangent now, but the mistake people make is. <clears throat> They want to look at how many calories you burn during the actual exercise or during your actual workout, and it could like in that case, sure, all this cardio that you're doing is burning more calories. But like if you look at your calories over the course of a week, when you weight lift, like you end up burning more calories after the weight after the exercise while your body's repairing all your muscles. So like. Over the course of a week, if you look at which one burns more calories, weightlifting burns more calories than these cardio exercise, these cardio programs. And so, sure. like w- the reason that I that I'm adamant about like this style of training, or at least putting them in this order, is because people say, "Hey, I want to spend less time in the gym. I want to focus on my goals." And I say, "Look, if you want to focus on your goals and spend less time in your gym, then do what I'm explaining here." But now, again, I'm. I'm omitting the psychological thing. Like I know weightlifting is scary for people and I know maybe it's hard and people, I don't know, but I'm just telling, I'm just saying that, that if people want to see improvement, like this is the best way to do it. That's it. So that's, you my, hit on, that's my rant. You, you hit on a couple things that, that I consider to be keys to success. Um, and one is that you should always start with body weight exercises. You should not just go to the gym and start on leg day and bust out a hundred squats at 215 pounds. It's, it's not smart. You need to start with a good baseline body weight, doing push ups, pull ups, sit ups, 
some good cardio and get a baseline going. Axel shaking. That's said, not what I said, well, but I mean that's I <laughs> that's not exactly what I said, but <laughs> is it a bad idea? Uh it's <laughs> it could be improved. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm I, that's just my experience with with personal training new clients who are who are trying to get in shape and it's really it's good from my perspective that you can start having goals like okay, I want to work up to 50 push-ups or I want to work up to 10 pull-ups. And you can start seeing these these specific tangible gains as opposed to your workout plan, which you'll, you'll see gains, you're going up in weight, you're going up in reps, but it may take, you know, three or four months before you really true. start seeing. That's not true at all. <laughs> That's absolutely false, man. This is the, if you start from a baseline of zero and you start trying to bench press and it's 95 pounds, you will be like, that's the best time to see gains. If you haven't done anything, that's the, like, that's the perfect time to go in there. And I realized, hey, when I started, I could like I couldn't bench 135, which is just a 45 pound plate on each side. I couldn't do a dip. I couldn't do a pull up. I was when I was squatting, I was squatting with I think 115. I looked over and there's a girl doing twice as much as me, which was that like that hurt my pride. But that is the best time for you to see gains, like strength gains, when you first start out. Yeah, I mean, yes, the the learning curve is steepest right at the beginning. I I do agree with that. Um, I guess my philosophy is predicated on avoiding injuries, um, avoiding people getting burnout. Like you said, like you could overcome that that stressful aspect of someone watching you bench 115 pounds or however much it was. But I think, you know, a lot of people might walk in their first two days, be embarrassed by what they can bench press, be embarrassed by how little they can squat and just leave the gym forever. So, I mean, I think, you know, to sit down and make some, make some goals about body weight exercises first, work through that and then get into the gym. That's, that's where my philosophy takes off in terms of overall success, not maximum gains. Cause I, I agree with you. I mean, you're right. You're going to put in that time at the beginning of your workout for lifting weights and you're going to see a lot of gains really fast. But my point is you're going to be more successful overall with more people if you take my philosophy. That's all. I I probably agree with you. And I think it depends on where you're starting from. So if you have no if you have no like strength trainer, you have very little exercise background, then I agree that body weight training may be a good starting point, but I think the sooner you can transition to uh, doing exercises in a rep range that's between three and twelve, maybe twenty, uh, I think that you'll start seeing gains faster than if you continue to do uh, fifty rep push-ups. I agree. No, I completely agree. I think um, when I mention core exercises, I very rarely will go over twenty reps on anything that I do. Like I'm, I'm looking for the hardest core exercise that I can do with the most weight that I can take. So I, I don't, I don't want to say you should waste a bunch of time and effort on when you work up to 300 sit-ups or 200 push-ups. Like that's, that's really not going to be as beneficial as what, what you're laying out for sure. Um, I also, I do want to say your yoga point is, is spot on. I, I love yoga. It is amazing exercise and, and also a great form of relaxation and meditation. Um, I used to include that in almost every workout that, that I taught in big, bigger boot camp classes. Um, so I, I totally agree with that. Um, hey, you, you, you know, know what? Oh, I, one thing on that. So, you know, 
the first time I got really into yoga was when I did a round of P90X. I actually, P90X, I was skeptical when I was like first starting it. I did it with my buddy. But <clears throat> from like a video, from like a mass produced video perspective, like I thought it was actually excellent. He brought in, like there is, I feel like it's a good introduction to weight training because he's not doing anything crazy. But he, he does, he's not doing like, I don't, what's the other one that, that's like insanity insanity so like insanity to me is too much pure cardio uh i think that p90x is actually like a pretty good mix if you're just trying to get in into weight training or into more strength training but also like he has you do yoga once a week and there's some other things in there that are kind of interesting so uh p90x i think is a is kind of a good intro intro program if you're trying to get to the gym or you you just don't have access to a gym. It is an awesome product for sure. It's a really good product. Um, my dad's actually been, my dad's been doing P90X for like three and a half years now and he loves it and it's worked really, really well for him Yeah, with, yeah, it's, gr- with great it's results. Legit. And I've done some of the workouts too and they're, they're, they're very fun. Their yoga is a bit different. Like if you do the P90X yoga and then go to a yoga studio, you're not going to have the same experience, but it's a really good, it's a good introduction for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when I want to jump to goals, because hold, hold, hold on, hold on, I got to okay, stop. Okay, 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 I have okay. one last thing I want to ask you about. I, okay. Like, okay, so you mentioned that you did CrossFit while you were deployed. So, like, what's your theory on CrossFit now at this point? So i I like how some of their workouts are structured. Um, that's the first thing that I'll say. I, their their toughest workouts. Um, those were pretty much the only ones I ever did because the the easy ones seemed useless to do this 12 minute wad where you you only did like four different lifts <laughs> let, me so, let me finish okay, let me finish oh okay so Holy I shit. I like some of the workouts I also enjoy the community aspect um, of working out with people and tracking tracking your progress and and or non-progress you know like I think that that accountability is huge um, where I think CrossFit goes a little bit off the rails is I, I don't think it includes enough cardio. Um, and then there's kind of this, this counterculture element to it with the paleo side where it just feels, it feels a little weird. It feels, uh, minorly cultish, I'll say. So like there, I can see that some of the workouts are very, very good and well put together. And, and parts of the overall philosophy are good to take from and put into your overall workout routine. But as a, as a singular program, I can't, I can't say that I really fully appreciate it as being, you know, if, if I just did CrossFit, I would, I would be in my ideal shape. I think CrossFit's the best commercially available program you can do. Like, so people hate on it. And here's the problem. The main problem is there's a wide variety of quality because you have so many gyms out there. And like your experience is going to be like 80% is going to be based on your coach. So if you can find a good CrossFit coach versus a bad CrossFit coach, that's like, I mean, that's basically like two different programs. But the thing that I love is they've they've made strength training accessible to the hundreds of thousands of people that probably otherwise wouldn't have got into it. And like, I, I don't, so... You, so have you done CrossFit outside of the deployed CrossFit? Because that's my question. No, I have not. So here's the so here's one thing. So I don't know what the CrossFit was like where you were deployed, but like the where when I was deployed, they did what they call a CrossFit, 
And <clears throat> at that place, like they didn't have all the tools that you need. And so a lot of it was just like circuit training with push-ups and all that. Like it was basically circuit training. Like a real a real CrossFit like program is gonna have like strength training at the front to work like or uh not strength training or like like a specialty like um I don't know, some sort of practice and then like I, I don't I don't understand your like the twelve minute wads are the most tiring wads you can do I mean it basically is like Tabata interval so I like I'm confused why you think those ones are not useful I mean they're they're useful within a full workout of like an regime. hour. Yeah. No, I mean, like I, a- I, I would, I would do, yeah, we would do CrossFit and then I would go do the rest of my workout. Um, you or I would run and then we would do CrossFit. No, we were, do- <laughs> okay. We were doing the wads from the Anchorage, um, CrossFit gym every day. We were following mm-hmm. exactly what their wad was. So, I mean, it, and that's a pretty, pretty legit gym. Um, so it wasn't I, like we were, we were slacking, I but yeah, I, I, I just don't like, I can't believe that, that at the end of most workouts, you felt like you had a ton of energy like i you must not so here's the thing you must not have had like the weights to go to do it at the prescribed weight that like that's the only thing i could think of because like everyone because you could scale up if you if it's easy for you so basically like the only thing that's limited you limiting you from being exhausted is that you're not using a high enough weight or you're not pushing yourself and like that's the basically that's the tagline of crossfit is like they have that clown of like basically like you work out till you puke so like it it just crossfit you can't say that the problem with crossfit is that it's not going to be a hard enough workout like that's you can say that that you shouldn't do olympic lifts in high reps because it's dangerous like i buy that but like you i don't think you can say that it's not going to give you a hard workout so maybe i didn't communicate that clearly there's plenty of crossfit workouts that make you want to puke there's plenty of crossfit workouts where you just time out the first couple times you're doing them and you can't complete the the full workout what i'm saying is there are many days in crossfit where the workout is not very balanced and i personally felt like i needed to go back to the gym and finish out exercise or include some cardio Hmm. so i i think what you said is correct I, i think you can scale everything, but if you're only doing five or six exercises for the day, like even if those muscle groups are exhausted, there there's other things that you can work while you're at the gym. And, you know, it should be viewed a little bit differently because I had a lot of time to work out and I was in, re- I mean, the best shape of my life when I was there. So it was, you know, I, I was working out a lot. I was, I was probably averaging at least 40 minutes of cardio every day. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> That might be like I need I need to zoom back a little bit and see like you said maybe I should try out to cross hey, it on on this side of the pond. I've, if you could find a good coach, I think you'll you'll like it. I don't know. I love some of those hard workouts. I mean, like the some of their hardest workouts, um, the ones that all have names um, <laughs> that I can't remember right now. Um, I love those workouts. They're really fun, really challenging, and awesome to do with groups and see who can push themselves the hardest. That's, that's really fun. But as just as an overall, like, could I just do CrossFit? My personal answer is no, I couldn't. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move on to goals. I just had to get that in there. How could we talk about fitness and not bring up CrossFit? 
You couldn't. You couldn't. That would be that would be cheating our listeners. So goals, I think, um, are probably the most important thing that you can do before starting any program, um, before joining a gym, before buying a new pair of shoes. You need to know exactly what you're going for, both what your short-term goals are, what you want in the next couple months, and then what your overall ideal is. You know, in if a goal takes you numerous years, if you're going couch to 5K, 5K to 10K, 10K to a marathon, you know, that might be a year-long or two-year-long goal before your body is actually ready to do that. And so you really need to have that longer-term focus um, because I think it makes those shorter term goals more important. If you just have short term goals, like your only goal is, and I'm not saying this is, this is a very good goal, a couch to 5k. Um, if that's your only goal and you get done and there's nothing after that, you know, you can, you can have a plateau or you can fall off and go back to where you were before really easily. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, that's not, that's not a really detailed analysis of, of how to set goals, but you just need specific things that you're going after. Um, and you need some goals that, that may seem difficult to reach right now, but as you improve and as you work hard, those things are going to come more into focus and, and be attainable in the future. Well, that got really aspirational. I apologize. Go, go for it. What, what do you say about goals? Uh, so definitely I agree with you. It's a critical step. It's often overlooked and I, and we probably, and we probably did it ourselves when we started off here because really, you sh- you can't really explain what your workout is or, or defend your workout, I guess, uh, until you say, hey, this is my this is my goal, and then here is my workout. So just say, just explain your workout by itself probably is insufficient. Is that all? That's all you gotta have. What, why don't you talk about what fitness goals you have going on right now? Okay, uh, so my fitness goals for 2016. The main the main thing I'm working on is uh, I'm trying to improve mobility, like I talked about, and so I'm trying to work on the depth of my squat. And so uh, I'm squatting a lot, and I'm also uh, so the, the problem, the specific problem I have are my calves are not mobile enough my calves and ankles and then my like my my hips are very tight so i'm working on i'm trying to do 10 minutes of mobility a couch stretch uh and then rolling out my like upper hamstrings and glutes to try to uh, improve my mobility in my hips can you talk about the importance of the couch stretch a little bit i've been I've been trying to get into that as I'm going through the book and it seems, it seems pretty fundamental to your, your overall mobility. Yeah. So the couch stretch is just where you get up on a couch, you get on a couch and you, it's almost, I think about how how to explain it. So you have one leg out in front of you and then your, your back leg kind of rests up on the cushion of the couch and you kind of push it back and it stretches out your hip flexors, which, uh, it's, I think, basically they get tight when you're sitting down all day and so the couch stretch is kind of a defense against being seated for most of the day yep yeah and like i said i'm i'm starting to work through that book i'm trying to devote more time to my own mobility because i've been pretty much my entire life a very inflexible person and, and not not focused a ton on overall mobility other than the years when i've done a lot of yoga So 
a couple keys that I had. So I talked about starting with body weight exercise, which I, I didn't know was going to be quite so contentious, but, but I'm glad that we do have some, some disagreement and discussion on this podcast. Um, my other one is don't overtrain. Um, and I think there's a tendency, especially as you're getting in better shape to keep training more and more and more and more. And as I've gotten older, I've realized, you know, lots of the things, um, especially if you're trying to lose, lose fat and gain muscle. So much of that is just related to nutrition and it's not, you can, you can try to exercise it out, but, but really how you're going to get rid of that fat is by eating, eating correctly. So, you know, my rule, um, when I'm not training for any sort of run is I, I, I try to only burn between 200 and 400 calories while, while I'm doing cardio because it actually <laughs> shaking and stuff. But if you go over that, you're, you're really just going to feel very hungry and it's going to be hard for you to keep whatever nutrition plan you have in place without burning right through it. So I actually agree with what you just said. Like, I think just pounding away at cardio for an hour or two hours is not helpful. So actually I, I shook my head initially <laughs> because I never would have like thought about it in terms of like counting calories as you work out. But I ultimately agree with your point. I like, I like it. Now we're into the psych out, psych out stage of this where we give each other <laughs> disconcerting looks, even when we're in agreement. I like, I like this a lot. Um, the, the other thing I mentioned it before is having a specific plan for each workout and then also having a specific plan for each week. I think, I think that's really key. I think if you just plan it out every day, that's great, but you may run into time where you wake up early and you're not feeling it. And if you already have that workout plan and it's in your inbox and your email, it's much harder to blow that off than if you're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta think of my workout before I go to the gym. I agree. I, I was, I don't know who I was talking to. We were talking today at work about like when, when to work out, whether to work out in the morning or in the afternoon. And my preference is to work out in the morning and it's, it's, it's not fun. And you, but, and you have to ultimately think about it. Like it's not a decision if you're going to go or not. It's almost like going to work. Like when you wake up, you don't say, Hey, I don't feel good. I'm just going to blow off work today. Like you, you almost have to put it in that type of a mindset where like you're just doing it. It's not a question of like, well, if I feel good tomorrow, then I'm going to go work out. Yeah, for sure. Although that'd be kind of awesome to be like, uh, I'd stay up late watching TV. I'm probably just going to skip work. <laughs> right, <tomorrow."> right. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. Uh, what are the what are the keys did you have? Because we gotta we gotta get going to nutrition. Because I know we're gonna are have we tons talking... of disagreement on that. Too. Oh, okay, tools. Okay, so I agree. Workout journal is my number one tool. I think like that will help you stay on track. Uh, get a plan and then log your workouts. The best thing about it is that you it's motivating to see improvement and like and when you're just starting out, you're definitely gonna see improvement and like you'll forget if you don't write it down. But it's really cool to look back and go, wow, I just improved, I don't know, 10 pounds or I just took 10, 10 or three or four minutes off this circuit that like five round circuit that I've been working on. So I think number one is a workout journal. Uh, my workout bag that I take with me has a lacrosse ball, voodoo floss, a medium band for uh, like stretching out my shoulders and then chalk. So that like basically that's what I have in my workout bag. Uh, I also use the app called strong to track my workouts. So you can kind of, there's a lot of customization you can do within it. 
And then also it kind of keeps track. It can, it keeps track of all your different workouts. So that's a cool app for a weight train. And then, uh, I also, so optional ads, sometimes depending on the workout, I'll add in a dip belt or Olympic lifting shoes for squats. And then I don't use lifting gloves or a lifting belt. Uh, lifting belts, I think are useful if you're at, like, if you are a prof- like a professional or a very, very serious, uh, like weight, weight, into serious weightlifting, like for pure strength. But in most people's range, like max between like under 90, 90% of your max, I think it's better just to let your muscles be your weight belt. Those are my tools. Yep. That's good. That's a good uh, resource. I'm going to actually check out the strong app after we're done here. Yeah, you can add like all different types of cardio workouts and circuit workouts and all kinds of different things. And then it tracks, I mean, it'll track how long it was and show you like a graph of if like how your times have changed. And also it tracks your uh, your maxes. Can you send it to your friends? Like, can you, can you use it as as some sort of a tracking mechanism to make sure everyone's working out. I'm not sure if that's built into it. That would, it if it's not, you're right. It should be. So moving on to, to nutrition, by the way, if anyone has any questions, um, or I'll even throw this out. If anybody wants a custom workout plan, if either one of Axel or my, uh, philosophies jazz well with what you'd like to get started we are more than happy to put together a custom workout plan for you so you can you can email us at noise canceling pot at gmail.com and uh just include your your name and age and uh we'll be happy to put a custom workout plan together for you because that's that's the kind of people that we are axel didn't actually sign up for that but <laughs> no <laughs> I'm, 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 no i'm in on that and i like my i so like i talked i went on my rant but but Seriously though, like I would put together a plan that's simple and accessible. I wouldn't have people doing crazy things when they first start out, just so they can kind of get their feet wet in the gym. So if, so in summary, if you want a six pack, come to me. <laughs> if if you want a more balanced, scientific, I'm putting air quotes on that, scientifically proven workout, go to actually so pissed. Oh my <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to caveat the, the nutrition conversation with Axel has reached a, a degree which he, he finds it hard to relate to other people's nutrition struggles. So I'm going to start off with that um, because me personally, I have a lot of empathy for, for people who struggle with nutrition, um, especially simple sugars because that's my, that's my vice. Um, and so I just want to caveat before Axel goes in that if you struggle with nutrition, don't feel bad while Axel's talking because there are many other people like you that struggle with it as well. <laughs> and I'll turn it over to you. Well, okay. So I already kind of discussed my background. So when I was in college, I just ate whatever I wanted and I had chocolate milk and a Mountain Dew every I think I, not just lunch, like I had it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I drank a chocolate milk and a Mountain Dew. Breakfast? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I This is assuming that I ate breakfast, but if I did, I wouldn't be surprised if I had that with my breakfast. So, that like, is awesome. I had a terrible diet. So, and the truth is, I, like, most people probably would probably consider how I eat right now extreme, but I did not get to this point overnight. And it, like, it was a gradual process starting in like 2003 and it was funny so as we were prepping for this workout 
there's one article that really probably set the foundation for how I think about nutrition. And I was looking at it, it was funny to me because it was it was posted in De- on December 19th, 2003. So it probably came out right when I was trying to figure out what I needed to do in terms of nutrition. And it's t- it's the title of it is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Nutritional Programs. I'm just going to read the seven. And I don't agree with all of them at this point, but I also think that but I think they get you to at least the 80%. So the first one is eat every two or three hours, no matter what you should eat between five to eight meals a day. And I think that's not necessary. Like there's more talk about intermittent fasting, but I think that is a good principle. It helps you not to overeat, uh, eat complete lean protein with every meal, eat fruits and or vegetables with each food meal. This is what, this is one of the important ensure that your carbohydrate intake comes from fruits and vegetables with the exception of workout and post-workout drinks. Uh, ensure that you get the 25 to 35% of your energy intake comes from fat, and that's healthy fats. Then drink only non-calorie containing beverages, and then eat mostly whole foods. And I think like those as principles are are still true today. Now you and they probably get you to 75 or 80%. And you don't have to like if you're starting from like it's a bad of a diet as I had. Like just do one of those. So the first is like the first thing I did is I'm no longer drinking fully loaded sodas. Like I'm cutting out all these. Uh, I'm no longer getting my calories from soda. So that was like the first thing that I did. Just d- try doing that for a month. Okay. So then once you have that down, then start kind of knocking off each one of these on the list. And then at some point, like you'll be able to keep improving, and then uh, you'll get to a a diet that makes you feel good and makes you feel healthy. So you, you totally won me over with that. I, I can completely get on board with taking that nice balanced approach for sure. And I, I like you said, I, I would totally agree with 70 or 80% of, of all those, <clears throat> those guidelines, but let's argue about that last 20%. Okay. Let's, well, I let's, mean, hold let's, on a let's second. get into that. This, like, so this does frustrate me because just this concept of arguing about the last 20%, because what will happen invariably is that someone's gonna look at this and go oh oh uh like it lean protein it's like someone will pick out one little piece of this and then just discount the entire article when like as we just discussed it gets you to the 80 percent like maybe there's some tweaks that based on new information but like just this concept will get you to the 80 percent but now i'm ready let's talk about let's get to the let's get to the 99 or 95 percent so uh, you, you've won me even over even further. I will acknowledge that if you are not at 80% of these goals, you should get to those 80% of goals and just stop listening to this podcast <laughs> this minute. <laughs> just turn it off because you don't need to hear us arguing about the minutia. So like I said, I, I do agree with those principles. Um, I think especially not drinking calories is huge. Um, like I said, I'm over 30 now and you know, my body is starting to store fat differently, especially simple sugars. So just cutting out any of those liquid calories has been actually hugely beneficial in terms of, of how I store fat and how much fat is on my body at any one time. Um, a couple things I want to touch on. So what you said, I, I can agree to that you should take one of these approaches slowly. One thing that I actually like to do is having some sort of a reset. Um, either whole 30, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about. You can, you can check that out. And, and again, that's another 80% where I, I agree with about 80% of the principles. And then there's, there's something like cutting out peanut butter, um, 
I don't necessarily agree with, but the point of whole 30 is to reset your body to start with a, a cleansed palate, if you will. And so I, I, I did, uh, almost the entire thing. I think it was like four months ago. And it was, it was hugely beneficial just in terms of cravings in terms of how I felt overall. And, um, just really feeling confident about moving into a new program that I was starting. So I have a similar program that I've used in the past, and it's called the slow carb diet. Now, when I used it, it was absolutely extreme. And so what it is, the basic concept is you you have five protein shakes each day, and you also supplement it with uh, superfood, which is basically like a greens um, supplement, and then fish oil. And you that is what you do for before like the original program was six days a week and then on the seventh day like on sunday you got like a healthy meal at the end of the day and the thing about it was like if you chose the right things on that healthy meal like it tasted so good and you're like wow these vegetables taste delicious because you've been eating the same thing the entire week and it was like a reset because you're like you realize that that those things can taste good you're just so used to like just blasting your taste buds with sugar and all this other stuff that like you miss out on how delicious vegetables could be that it's been updated now to where it's basically like protein shakes throughout the first part of the day and then you have one healthy meal every single like each day which i think is and the guy acknowledged that it was more manageable and more realistic but it's a similar concept of just like you said do a reset and kind of reorient yourself to like what a healthy meal tastes like and also how you feel when you're eating healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think the the part of Whole30 that I liked was that it wasn't about weight loss in any way. Like a lot of times you will lose weight based on what your previous intake was and what kind of food you used to eat. But it's really, it's not about starving yourself. It's just about the type of food that you put in. So that's why I think I put Whole30 above a lot of different resets or cleanses Um just because it's not training your body to feel starved or this this horrific battle of self-control seeing if you can you can overcome this now it does get pretty boring towards the end and like i alluded to i didn't do all 30 days i think i stopped on day 22 um but there was a lot of benefit to those 22 days so i'm really surprised i'm really surprised i actually i actually don't disagree as much as i was hoping well, that's because, like, it's the problem with nutrition is not that the information is in dispute. The problem is that pe- that's it really hard with all the advertisements and all the different things out there. Like, it's hard to cut through all that and actually adhere to the principles. Like, the basic principles are now. I, that's not exactly true because, like, there's still some d- d- debate about ha- fat and different types of fat. That's probably still out there. There's discussion on fruit, like whether fruit should should be and dairy. Those are different things that, that kind of uh, on the edges people have discussions about. But like basically no one's going to argue that pr- like lean protein and vegetables and basically the bottom line, like whole foods, like no one can argue that that is not going to be healthy. Right. No, I totally agree with that. What's your take on cheat days or cheat meals? So I've done. So, okay. So. The two diets that, and I prefer to call them like eating plans or whatever, but so there's a, I don't know if you've seen the slow, you've seen the slow carb diet in the four hour chef. So I tried that and I did it, but 
like on the Sundays and I could eat like, so this is probably two years ago. So basically the slow carb diet is you pretty much eat lean meats, proteins, uh, healthy fats like guacamole, uh, no rice, no bread. Uh, I don't, he lets you eat beans so you can have beans. That's the basic concept. And then on a Sunday, you can just eat what, like one day a week, you can just eat whatever you want. And it's like encouraged to just go out of control. And what I found is that it actually worked. Like I, I wasn't trying to necessarily lose weight, but I definitely didn't gain weight. But then like, I felt terrible on the Sunday after, cause I would just go to this cafe and I would order like a triple stack of pancakes and like a side of biscuits and I would just douse it in uh, syrup. So like it can work, but I felt terrible for like the rest of the day and then the day after. So I don't do that anymore. But it, I think it like it can work in certain if, if you're disciplined the rest of the week. So you're saying for you it was overwhelmingly successful because not only did it help you lose weight, but it also reinforced that cheating didn't feel good to you. <laughs> it was like I smoked a pack of cigarettes and I just like, like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> we'll, we'll accept all hate mail as well as fitness workout requests at <laughs> noisecancellingpod at gmail.com. But I'm telling, so the slow carb dies by Tim Ferriss and I like that thing definitely, it works. It works. Yeah, and, for the, sure. and for a lot of people, the cheat meal is important because it's kind of like you can look forward to that day. And uh, and so you can kind of like see a light at the end of the tunnel and get there. So that I think it de- that definitely works. It can work. Yeah, I, th- I like the, the cheat progression where. Um, well, actually, I'll just lay out my whole plan. So you start off with some sort of a reset that will work for you for an extended period of time, two weeks, three weeks, a month, you get a baseline and then you, you actually start with some sort of diet plan where you, where you're trying to eliminate carbs, carbs, liquid calories. Um, very similar to what Axel's talking about. And, and I think for a lot of people, you may need a cheat item per day. That's, that's one thing that I like where, you know, something under a hundred calories, that will keep you going day to day where you're not just going to bomb out after four days of trying to do this diet. Um, and then you can move to where it's a cheap meal once a week. But I just think you need some sort of motivation when you're getting started to really just keep you going. Cause there'll be days where, you know, you're not really excited about what you're eating. You're not happy how you're feeling. You may even get slightly pissed off and, and agitated as I have in the past. Um, and you just need something to keep, keep going because even though you may lose some of that incremental gain from that day, your overall, if you can keep that going longer term is going to be much more beneficial. Did you sound like a smoker? That's like, Hey, if you're trying to quit smoking, just keep smoking. Like if you need to smoke a cigarette a day before you get to that pack on Sunday, like that's what you need to do. Hey That's man, t- if 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 you get results, why not? Maybe, why not? yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of this is what works for you, right? That is like true. it's not so, yeah. It's not necessarily exactly one person's experience or even people who write books. It's not necessarily just their experience or research that will work for every single person. The only thing on like a cheat thing a day or whatever is like most people are like physically addicted to sugar and so 
it's like if you can break through that and you're and you're no longer addicted to simple sugar then like you're gonna feel much better but like if you're keep if you keep feeding yourself simple sugar every day then it's that that's never gonna happen now i don't know i'm not an expert on quitting addiction but like at least i don't know what the right strategy is but people that eat a lot of sugar like it in my mind there's no question like people are addicted to sugar so it's whatever strategy you have to use to get through that addiction i think maybe use that yeah i I mean i totally agree with that that's that's a completely accurate statement and i think you know i i'm not dismissive of your views or how you've gotten there but i feel like i'm a little more realistic in in terms of what most people can do because of my own experience you know like i i couldn't i couldn't do what you do you're my, you're my hero in terms of, of nutrition. You're the, you're the ideal where, you know, sugar or sweet things don't even, don't even tempt you at all. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I think I said, did I already say you're a nutritional sociopath because you <laughs> yeah, can't, you can't relate right. to, you can't relate to how people actually feel that, that are somewhat addicted to sugar. Yeah. Hey, so what do you think about paleo? Um, I'm I'm torn on paleo. I think like we're laying out so far, there's there's aspects of it that are really good. Um but <laughs> I think I think just the overall annoyance of it, like the culture surrounding it is more why why I have some some form of rejection towards it. Um the overall basis for it isn't I don't think it's super scientifically based, even though there's some research cited. Um and I think you just need balance. Like that, that's kind of my whole thing is I, I haven't said it specifically, but everything, every workout, every, every plan, every nutrition strategy that you're going to employ needs to have some form of balance. Um, you talked on an earlier episode that you felt that you were missing more fat in your diet from, from earlier times right. and that including that fat gave you so much more energy and mental focus and acuity. And so you, you just need to look at, you know, what you could be missing. So if you're just eating paleo, you, you may be missing some, some nutrients. So, and, and you may be limiting yourself a little bit too much just for, for the sake of following a program, which, which, like I said, I, I don't necessarily have a fundamental disagreement with, but I don't, I don't think it's, it's a hundred percent correct. And, and the only way that you can have success in what you eat. Yeah. So, okay. All right. I agree. It's not the only way you can have success. I think it would approve a majority of Americans diets and like the, like the, not the reasons, but the, basically the, the principles are solid from my perspective. Like they're like a 90 to 95%. Uh, like a lot of times they're trying to argue, there's arguments over whether a food should be included or not. And the discussion is not like, is this part of a healthy diet? It gets back to like, well, cavemen in this area used it or cavemen, like to me, like that discussion is not helpful. And so like, I, I'm not interested in discussing it from that perspective. Like, well, I don't know. I don't even have an example, but like butter's not included because the cavemen didn't know how to make butter. Well, like, okay, great. But like, is it healthy? And if it's, if it's healthy and you're excluding it because the cavemen didn't do it, then like, to me, that's not smart. So, but that's again, that's like arguing like at the ninety to ninety five percent sure um, level. So, the the one diet that I think is probably the best. I think this is the best diet, and this is what I try to follow. It's called the bulletproof diet. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have for sure. So, 
it's i mean it's very similar to paleo uh it it advocates for more healthy fats than probably any other diet out there uh and it also like it does get give things in terms of a range so it's like hey eat, like this is the gold standard uh this is better this one is bad then finally like trans saturated fats are like those are like poison so like you should never eat these but everything else like you can eat certain things in moderation but just know that that should be a uh infrequent thing that you eat and then these things up here like the more you eat of these like the better you're gonna feel so like from a from explaining a diet like in that perspective versus just like a complete you can't eat this you can't eat that i think uh the bulletproof diet is helpful in that area uh he does so they there it gets kind of extreme so he he, and he kind of the guy is dave asprey that put this thing together so i he explains that he's like from uh like foods impacting you impacting you negatively he's like the canary in the coal mine so if any food is going to impact you bad like he it just hits him hard so like he's like nightshades that causes inflammation in some people and it causes inflammation to him so like he doesn't recommending recommend eating tomatoes or eggplants and like i think that's extreme but he also acknowledges that like nightshades may not affect you so you need to try them and then if you find that they're affecting you then those should be like don't like you should eat less of those so like i think he's not so he like he has some philosophies are pretty out there but he also has some room for uh modifying it for what works for you is that in his book or his blog I it's can't on his blog now. i'll i'll put a okay. link in the show notes to it okay sweet um one question we haven't got to is is alcohol you know we've, we've noted that we shouldn't be be obtaining a lot of calories through uh, the things we drink, but what, what's your overall take on that? How so, do you balance that? My, like my new philosophy, I've tried to eat, drink less soda, but I generally, I used to drink rum and diets and now I drink vodka sodas. Uh, I try not to drink beer. I, I don't know. Like that's probably like a vice where I know it's bad, but I'm pretty, uh, like disciplined in other areas. So I just kind of, write that off as a a little like side vice that i'm gonna i'm gonna try to minimize the damage yeah i mean i think that's that's fine i think that that means that you are actually human so i'm i'm happy i'm happy (laughs) that you proved that (laughs) but no i think that i think that's good i think um like what you said like drinking drinking beer is probably the worst thing that you can possibly consume in terms of alcohol and it's delicious and we may even have an episode talking about b- making beer because that's that's uh, one of my other passions in life. But yeah, it's just it's not healthy. So many calories really affects the system and uh, is going to store, especially as you get older, is going to store a lot of fat in a lot of bad places. So I, I agree with that. Limit your limit your beer intake if you can stick to to clear alcohol. That's great. Um, like you said, if it's if it's somewhat of a vice of yours, just try to limit it as much as possible. I think that's that's what you can do. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else? I mean, we we had some good disagreement. We had some some good agreement. I know there's there's a ton more that we could talk about, and we will probably uh, have some other fitness experts on this pod at a later date where we can we can dive deeper in some of the that twenty percent that we were referencing earlier. No, I think I think that. That's all I have. I mean, the only thing I would say is 
I know that going to the gym and lifting weights can be a scary thing, and it's I was definitely uncomfortable when I started, but like I I wish more people would do it because it like it's so effective and it's so beneficial. You it takes less time, so like if you if you've thought about it and you want to and you want to give it a shot, like I definitely encourage you to go out there and just try lifting weights for six weeks. Nice. I think that's a good challenge. Like I said, I, I love lifting weights myself and I think it's, it's super beneficial. Um, one programming note is we're, we're going to have a podcast coming up. It's going to be a little micro 15 or 20 minute pod where we do a taste test. If you guys want to put in the comments section or on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash noise canceling pod, what we should do on our taste test, we'd, we'd really appreciate that. We love involvement. We love hearing from you guys. And that would, that would be fantastic. Um, any closing thoughts, Axel? That was that was a good one to end on no, from you. I think that's it for me. So that's, that's oh wait, hold on. I do have, I have oh, one go. more. Okay. So again, I just have to. I need to close by saying that like my philosophy in some ways is pretty extreme, but the truth is I did not get to this philosophy overnight. Like it's it's been a, at this point like a fifteen year process, and so the best thing that you can do is just take one thing. Like if it's just cutting out drinks with calories, just like start taking steps and then like what you'll accomplish over a long period of time, it'll be amazing. I couldn't have said it any better myself. So I'm, I'm Frank boys. And this is Axel Clark. Hey, if you want us to write a workout, just shoot us a note and we'll put one together for you. Have a good week. This is my confession to you. Take